Thank you for tuning in to the sermon webcast of Living Savior. We are one church serving in two locations, Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. For more information, go to lsavior.org. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Of all the countries in the world, our country, the United States, is in 40th place. Not first place, as we often expect we ought to be. Not top 10, not even the top 25. The United States is in 40th place in the population of sheep which puts us way behind countries like Australia, New Zealand, India, China, Nigeria, even, even France and Italy. And because we Americans aren't seeing sheep every day as we might in many other parts of the world, we also don't see shepherds, which means that when it comes to some of the most colorful picture language in the Bible, you and I actually have to give a little bit of thought to, to what it means to be a shepherd. Especially to what it means to be a, a good one. A shepherd who's good at what he does has to make sure that the sheep in his care stay together. Sheep are social animals. They, they grow faster and, and, and they're healthier if, if, if the shepherd keeps the flock together. Sheep love to graze on leafy plants and lush vegetation, so the shepherd who's doing good things for his sheep makes sure they have plenty of green pasture and, and, and plenty of fresh water. You've heard of cattle rustlers? Well, stealing sheep can do tremendous damage to, to the, the, the person that owns them. It's a huge financial setback, so the shepherd is good at, 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 at what he does, has to be on guard against thieves. Also against natural predators like like coyotes and foxes and bobcats and, and wolves. A shepherd even recognizes that during the hot summer months, there are these little flies that like to buzz around the head of a sheep, even get in their nostrils and, and cause them to panic and, and, and make them sick. So the shepherd will, will put a, a, a strong strongly scent of olive oil on his hands, and then he'll anoint the sheep's head with oil to, to, to drive away those nasty flies and, and, and keep them healthy. Yet, even those that are good at their job, even those kind of shepherds receive a, a minimum pay for what they do, and it's hard to live on a, on a minimum wage Finding good pasture for his flock may take him many miles from his home for weeks at a time, so the, the work is kind of lonely. Living outdoors 24-7 year-round exposes him to, to the worst of weather and 
even getting a good night's sleep, sleep can be impossible when you realize that that's when the thieves and the, the predators are most likely to be out and about. To put it briefly, a good shepherd who does good things for his sheep is going to have to suffer for it. This morning, we're once again reading a portion of the New Testament letter called 1 Peter. This is written at a time and place when people saw sheep and shepherds every day. No explanation was ever needed about that, except this. When you follow in the footsteps of the good shepherd, the good shepherd, the one who's always good, doing good things for us sheep, when you follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ and do good things yourself, then you too should expect to suffer for it. Of course, I imagine you're already pretty familiar with that. Love someone enough to tell her, confront her even about her addiction or her damaging habit, and she just might turn around and, and attack your character, your motives. You suffer for doing good. Take the test or complete the school assignment honestly, and those who cheat at the test or at the assignment may, may get a better grade than you. You suffer for doing good. Lend, lend something, give something of what you have to someone who obviously is in need, and he or she might turn around and criticize you for your privileges or your advantages. You, you, you suffer for doing good. Express something respectful about someone in a position of government, support them, pray for them, and others may accuse you of being naive or not being politi politically savvy enough. You, you, you suffer for doing good. Devote, a, devote a, a good portion of your time each week to, to worship, to reading your Bible and thinking about God's word, to, to praying, and others may may get ahead of you because they're using that same time for what they consider the more practical activities of life. You, you, you suffer for doing good. Talk out loud about the, the, the mercy and the wisdom of God and somebody may, else may put you on the spot, even embarrass you. If God is so wise and so merciful, why does he allow these things to happen? You, you, you suffer for doing good. In faith, put the will of your Lord Jesus and his pursuits first. Meantime, those who put themselves and worldly pursuits first sometimes seem to gain advantage from that. You, you suffer for doing good. Of course, that's when you come to find out that 
the devil, that roaring lion, is, is, is prowling around looking to take some of, his, some of his sheep down in those situations. He's incredibly persistent in that. You suffer for doing good, and, and, and he tries to grab hold of, of your thoughts and turn them towards self-pity. You know, whoa, is me, I did the right thing, and look what happened, why do I even bother? Or, or maybe he, t- he turns your thoughts to, to cynicism. No good deed goes unpunished, which is just another excuse for, for giving up on doing good. Thank God that you have a good shepherd. And so do I. Through his ambassador, Peter, Jesus picks up his, his iron shepherd's rod and he, and he drives away that predator, the devil. Why do good? Even when you suffer for it? At the top of his list, Peter puts this, that you do good even when you suffer because you're moved by your conscience before God. Dear brother, dear sister, right here and right here, you know that God is watching everything you do. And and right here and right here, you know that God is listening to everything you say. So if you suffer for doing good and endure it, Peter writes, this is commendable before God. This is a, this is a fine thing, a good thing, and it, 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 it pleases him. Why else would you suffer for doing good? Because, as Jesus' ambassador puts it, you were called to this. You were called to this. You're familiar with, the, with, with certain elements of, of your calling to be a Christian. At some point in your life, you were baptized, and, and, and the Holy Spirit called you away from self-pity and away from citizen, cynicism. And, and, and he called you to a, a simple childlike faith that, that, that God is good and that God loves you. At some point in your life, the Lord Jesus called you away from, 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 from guilt and, and, and fear and, and filled your heart with, with his love. Called you away from, from, from all the things that can bring you down to the forgiveness that can lift you up. And now this, this it's, it's almost a surprise here. The Apostle writes that the Lord Jesus has called you for the rest of your life to suffer for doing good. And not just putting up with that, but to seeing that as a Christ-like experience. It's been a long time since I was enrolled in kindergarten or or first grade, and a lot of things have changed in kindergarten or first grade since then. But I know this one thing hasn't changed. In kindergarten or first grade, that's when children are learning how to to write the letters of the alphabet. And how do they learn how to write the letters of the alphabet? Same way they've been doing it for thousands of years. They see the, the example. Here's a letter A, so you 
right below it, the same shape, letter A. You see the B, there is the example. You write a letter B, see the letter C for cat. Write the letter C below it. The Apostle Peter uses that word, the word for a board on which a child might practice writing her letters, except instead of the, the ABCs on the board as the models, there's the good shepherd, the one whom you follow. As he set the example, you follow him as you write the deeds and the words of your life. You're, of course, not going to misunderstand this. The Lord Jesus Christ, who gave up his life for you on the cross, he, he, he did that to be your savior from death. He did that to be your, your redeemer from guilt. First and foremost, that. As you heard him say earlier, your good shepherd came so that you may have life and have it to the full. And your full life in Christ includes this. Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered while doing good, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly, to the God of justice as I will, as you will, even when, even when we suffer for doing good. Earlier in the worship service, you and I confess those famous words from the prophet Isaiah. We said how we all, like sheep, were going astray. But, by God's grace, you and I have have been returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls, to Jesus Christ. We're included in the good shepherd's flock all our days so that he can feed us in green pastures and lead us beside quiet waters so he can restore our souls so that he can lead us even through the valley of the shadow of death and ultimately take us to dwell in God's house forevermore. We're also in the good shepherd's flock so we can follow his example as we do good in his name and even that privilege as we suffer for it. Amen.